Today's episode, the choice you never want to make. Let's do it. Or not do it. Here we go. You throw ideas in the garden of your mind. You just gotta deny the lie and Yeah. I'm Jeff Stein. Thank you for playing the Daily Belief game with me, which is the art of recognizing that the story you tell yourself, what you believe about yourself and your life, uh, literally creates it in that image. A belief is a thought you've thought a lot. Uh, You know, first it was a consideration, then a conclusion, then a reinforced idea, then a belief, which really is a temporary evolving theory, not actual truth. At least for these semantics. The only real truth which is the truth that is true always, is that you exist and always will, that there is only one universe and you are in it. You are it. There is only God and you are that one. That love is all you need because it's all you are. That when you head toward love, you are heading toward truth. And when you are headed toward fear, you are and all of us, you know, conspirators of guilt and shame and rejection and frustration and powerlessness. If you head that direction, you are headed toward a lack of love, a resisted form of your truth. You know, it's a pinched off flow of your soul. While love, inspiration, joy, creation, these are the truths, the truths of your eternal existence. Uh, more practically, life is about choices, right? Which are decisions to believe something in particular. And this belief game is played by feelizing your choices with every thought so that you will live your truth. That's why we do this. Today's episode, the choice you never want to make, but frankly, actually, is, a, is so pervasively common you're not always aware you're doing it. That choice, drumroll please, is <laughs> believing that what others think of you is more important than what you think of you. Huge mistake. We all make it. And this is an insidious case of self-victimization that we do way too often. And it comes in many forms. It can be obvious, like when we say out loud, uh, they must think I'm a total flake. You know, something like, they must think I'm a flake. It can be more subtle, like when we say to someone else, um, you can't wear that. You look ridiculous. You can't wear that. Or it could be uh, even masked in positivity, but still steeped in ego, of course, when we say something like, Everyone's going to love this. I know everyone's just going to love this. But let's take each one of those. Actually, those are good examples and dissect the false choice of believing what others think of you is more important than what you think of you. For instance, you say, okay, they must think I'm a total flake. Do you think <laughs> you are a total flake? And you say to yourself, no, I'm not, I know I'm not a flake. Really? You know you're not? I mean, obviously you're considering it, right? Or you wouldn't feel bad. The judgment of others calling you a flake, in this case, would have no effect on you if you didn't believe their opinion might be true, somehow more true and more important than your opinion of you. But put it this way, if someone said to you, you are so purple, (laughs) you'd be like, you wouldn't even consider that. You wouldn't even give that any relevance of truth at all. I mean, unless you're Barney the Dinosaur or Grimace or, or pervasively bruised or something, but calling you purple would have no effect on you because it has no validity to you. You wouldn't say, everyone thinks I'm so purple. Uh, No, you'd say, dang, you know, people are deluded. So do you think you are a flake? First recognize 
that you believe it a little, that you might think you were a flake. Then make the effort to define what you think you are. Like, I'm not a flake. There's some reason that brought that out. So maybe you could say, uh, I made a mistake, uh, but I can correct it. And I regularly make it a point to be responsible, to be on time and ready, not flaky at all. In fact, I am among the more reliable people around. I am extremely reliable. And when I'm not, I correct course to make sure that I live up to my standards, which I almost always do. See, all that sort of language is how you pivot from believing that other one else, someone else's opinion of you might actually be true and therefore feeling bad about it. Instead going, no, I know who I am. This is who I am. And then other people's opinion will be like calling you purple, right? Second, when somebody says something like, you can't wear that, you look ridiculous. In your judgment and your judgment of what you know, you're wearing, what they're wearing, I should say, you may not be talking about others' opinions of you specifically, right? So you don't think it's personifying you, but it actually is. You are believing that the opinions of others is more important than one's own. Because obviously, if, if you're concerned about somebody else looking ridiculous, that's because they will be judged by others, right? So the antidote to that is you say you know, to them, to the person, you know, if you wear that, uh, there will be people who will judge you because uh, it ain't going to fit the fashion opinions of judgy fashionistas. <laughs> but the real question is, do you love wearing it? How does it make you feel when you're wearing it? And then if you believe that you look and feel rad when you wear that outfit, then, then, then one, who cares what they think? They're not wearing it. You are, and you feel good in it. And two, if you feel that good in it, uh, others will sense that strength of knowing. That is the vibration you would be putting out. That is the consciousness you would put out. That strength of knowing and being. And they will say to themselves when they see you wearing something that they would otherwise judge as ridiculous, they'll say, well, you know, I, I would never wear that, but you seem to pull it off. You know, that's how it works. Everyone is a cooperative co-conspirator with each other's experience. And it's based on the, the tone that you put out there. So if you think it's great, they will too. And what's the other one? The other one is uh, everyone's going to love this. Oh, everyone's going to love this. Do they have to? <laughs> There's again, is their opinion important? More important than yours? Isn't it more important that you love it rather than they love it? And if you're doing it for mass approval, right? Like everyone's going to love it. Why? I submit that to you that a, a better thing to seek than mass approval is mass appreciation. Mass approval is a need to validate your worth through the affirmative opinions of others. Lots of others, usually, because needs cannot satisfy. <laughs> needs create need. Satisfaction creates satisfaction. And appreciation begets appreciation. Meaning, when you love and celebrate something, that energy is multiplied when another comes and loves and celebrates it with you. For instance, I don't do this belief game because it will blow your minds and make you love me. I do it because these truths, which not only transcend me, but all existence, these truths blow my mind. And I know there are others who would love to have their minds blown with these truths. So, you know, it's like, let's rile up the mass appreciation so we can all bask in an ocean of self-knowing. Yeah. I give for selfish reasons, and I don't care whether others give a crap. I will be brought to those who do care, and they will be brought to me. But if I focus on how much I might be judged, then I will be judged. I will invite and find those who will judge me. You get what you focus upon.
So again, the difference between mass approval and mass appreciation is that mass approval is that you basically have a hole in your self-esteem. You're not feeling very strong about yourself. You're not feeling complete. And so by getting lots of people, that's why people like fame, right? Because if I can get a ton of people to confirm that I'm awesome, then I will be able to believe that I'm awesome rather than mass appreciation, which is you're looking for a shared experience that is co-celebrated by everyone who just all also likes that experience. And it doesn't having to do with the individuals needing the other individuals to be complete or to experience it, but simply coming together because they all already know that this is something that lights them up. It's part of their purpose, it's part of their fun, it's part of their calling. And by getting together, then it's mass appreciation instead of the shortcomings of mass approval. Hope that makes sense. Here's your homework. One, uh, notice when you are feeling embarrassed or ashamed or guilty and ask yourself, what opinion of me am I afraid of? Opinion to other pe- others' opinions of me am I afraid of? And what is my opinion on it? Again, when you feel negative, ask what opinion of me am I afraid of? And what is my opinion on it? And then two, perform an anonymous act of kindness, preferably the next 24 hours. Emphasis on anonymous, just very self-reflective, and it'll give you an idea of where you are with your need to have the opinions of others. Now, when I did this exercise, I was hiking in a park alone, and I saw some trash on the ground. Actually, some crows had pulled it out of the trash can and tossed it everywhere overnight, clearly. And so I started picking it up, going, oh, here we go. Here's an anonymous act of you know kindness to the folks that enjoy this park. Then, as I'm picking up trash, I heard some hikers coming my way. Initially, they they were out of sight. And I noticed my ego. It jumped into the conversation and it said, wait, hey, hey, why don't you uh, wait till they get here and then pick up those last pieces of trash so they'll see you do it. So they'll be impressed that you're just this good Samaritan. And I went, what? You know, (laughs) why do I need that? Why did I need to have the reinforcement and the approval? And that's why you do an exercise like that of anonymous giving. Let go if others don't care as much as you do or, or do care as much as you do and do it for you. And when the odd thing about it, when you do it selfishly for you, you will serve everybody because you'll be doing it for kindness sake, for love's sakes, for appreciation, for mass appreciation's sake, rather than a hole in your self-worth that you're trying to fill with the approval or opinions of others. Once again, thank you for listening to The Daily Belief Game. I'm Jeff Stein. You can find me at jeffsworld.com. My co-conspirators and I help individuals, companies, and organizations cultivate, sustain, accelerate, and become inspiration in action. Try it out. Just the first briefing session will be life-changing. Not because, again, I'm magical, but because, well, you are, frankly. And my associates and I are particularly good at mirroring your truth back to you. We help you blow yourself away. (laughs) Thanks for listening. Please think responsibly. 